0: Hi, I'm Todd Ablin, and this is Southwest News Media's sports podcast, Sports for Dummies, for the week of December 21st, 2018. On our first ever show, we're talking about holiday tournaments and how expanding weight classes for wrestling is causing headaches for some programs, among other talking points about local sports.
1: Well, welcome to our first ever Southwest News Media Sports Guy podcast. Uh, we're going to be trying to do this as we go into 2019 uh, on a weekly uh, schedule here. Um, our, our group consists of four sports editors that, that comprises eight newspapers in our chain. Uh, Tom, why don't you start us off by
0: a little introduction?
2: I'm Tom Chardon. I've been covering Burnsville High School and Prior Lake for, since 2001, 17 years.
0: I'm Todd Ablin, Sports Editor for Shockby Valley News and Jordan Independent. I've been covering those two high schools for the last 11 years. Dan Huss, I'm the Sports Editor for the Eden Prairie
3: News. I've been covering Eden Prairie for 21 years.
1: And I'm Eric Crusher, Sports Editor at Chaska Herald and Chanhassen Villager. This is my eighth school year. So the, 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 the show here is going to be a lot of topic driven. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about some events that will be happening here around the holidays. Uh, But we're also going to be talking about different topics um, that that come up in our area, Uh, a lot of regional aspect stuff. Uh, But as this podcast grows and grows, we're going to be hitting some issues that uh, maybe don't find their way into the newspapers. But uh, right now, we're going to start here with uh, talking about holiday tournaments, Uh, the holiday times with Christmas, New Year's, kids are off break people are at home using their last couple weeks of vacation and uh, it's a great opportunity to get out and, and see some of our teams and uh, and some of the schools and so there's our area has a lot of great uh, holiday tournaments uh, for people to to uh, to stop in and view and so we're going to kind of break down some of the maybe the key matchups here um, in some of those tournaments so Eden Prairie uh, hosts a couple big tournaments and girls hockey and boys basketball so Dan why don't you kind of a little bit about uh, some of those tournaments
3: well Eden Prairie hosts two tournaments like Eric said one is uh, a girls hockey tournament called the midwinter meltdown and that's a regular bracket formatted term- tournament and there's uh, probably half section 2 AA teams and the rest are some top teams in the state uh, the section teams would be include Minnetonka, Inchaska, Eden Prairie Mm -hmm. And that that tournament will take place uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, December 27th through 29th.
1: You know, for me, I always look at this tournament uh, as a great indicator to see how section 2AA will be seeded. It's it's been a lot of years. Minnetaki, Eden Prairie are, are making their way through the winning bracket. You see them atop of the section. Uh, Shakopee was one of those teams last year that that came through made it to the section final right out of the gate they get Minnetonka so uh, a big chance for Shakopee Todd uh, to kind of show that they belong among those top two uh, seats
0: yeah it's a big matchup for Shakopee they beat uh, Minnetonka last year in the section playoffs for I think first time ever for Shakopee so they meet up and that'll probably be uh, come down to a seating of either two or three or four for those two teams if whoever can win that uh that game. And then even
3: if it does come down to Eden Prairie and Minnetonka, I mean that would be a third game tiebreaker since the two teams play each other twice during the late conference season.
1: Yeah, and I know for chaska and they've had some mild success in this tournament over the years. Um, this is kind of their last opportunity. Um, they've already faced most of the teams uh, in this section, so it's another last lasting opportunity to kind of show uh, what what they can do against the top teams. So, it's a three-day tournament, like Dan said. Um, you know, four games for the price of one. So, uh, a great event over at the Eden uh, Prairie, Eden Prairie uh, Community Center, and then right next door at the high school, we got a boys basketball tournament, four-teamer. They call that the
3: uh, OSR Holiday Classic, and that features four section teams: Eden Prairie, Chaska, Shakopee, and Edina. It's Unlike the hockey tournament, it's not a bracket format. It's just a round-robin format.
0: Do they crown a champion, or do they just have four four <laughs> games and play? And
3: I think it's an unofficial champion.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, and we, again, uh, those are big seeding games. You know, sometimes these teams, you know, they, they schedule this tournament so they can face those section teams, help their cause at the end of the year. I know Eden Prairie, um, you know, has had has has a strong team has had a strong team in the past and for teams like Chaska, uh, Shakopee that's that's how they measure themselves up at the beginning of the year to see what they need to do. Um, we, we know Eden Prairie made state last year they returned a lot of talent in that junior class led by Austin Andrews and Dan uh, what, do you th- what do you think for Eden Prairie here? Two, two and two start. Gets Well teams. I
3: mean they they lost to De Salle and they lost to Park Center. De La Salle's number one in Class 3A. Park Center's number one now in Class 4A. And uh, Eden Prairie is gonna be good, but that section is as deep as any section in the state. I mean, you could go six teams deep. The coach will say, you know, he'll say, Eden Prairie and Prairie Lake are probably one and two, but they can also lose to the teams that will be
1: seeded three, four, five, and possibly six.
2: Pryor Lake's not in that tournament, they're up at Granite City, I
1: think. Yeah. But you Pryor Lake here is coming off a, a win over number, number one Eastridge. One Eastridge. So uh, while they're not in that tournament, I mean what do you what do you see early on from, from Pryor Lake?
2: You got the best shot blocker in the state and Jones. They got Garcia who may be the top five player in the state. They they get point guard play. They're as good as anybody if they get guard play. Yeah. That's been their biggest question the last couple of years. Shakopee,
0: what do, you, what do they Well, make? Shakopee has a strong junior class. I think their start of the season ranked uh, ninth in Class 4A. So this tournament features two top-ten ranked teams. Uh, Chaska's probably just on the outside of the top ten. the Edina, what were the number one seed last year in the playoffs. So good good teams there. Shakopee is led by junior Charles Katona, who's the uh, Division one prospect here. So uh, they're under new direction with new coach Jake Damon, and they're two and zero on the season so far, beating Jefferson and St. Thomas Academy.
1: Yeah. Well, and then over at Dakota Arena, we got boys hockey, um, another another great tournament with some local teams. Uh, I know Chaska here they, they face Prior Lake and, and Eden Prairie, um, as well as Adina. So for Chaska, that that team that wants to take that next step with, with this this talented team. Um, that's that's a great opportunity and so I mean uh, we look at early on here, section two again another really deep section how important are these December games in your guys opinion?
2: Prior Lake plays Chask in the hockey for life right? Yeah. Well I mean that that might decide the the four or five seed that might decide the home game for the playoffs. Prior Lake probably think otherwise they probably think they're a little better than that but they got one of the best players in the state, Jackson Judding, but their, big, their biggest question mark right now is can they get the goaltending and can they get other people to score for them. So I don't know how they will match up against a Minnetonka or Eden Prairie, but you know, I see them right there with Chaska. They had a good one last night against Rosemont. Rosemont's a pretty, pretty decent team. Rosemont just
1: beat Chaska. So.
2: Their question is going to be if they can score goals.
1: Do you think, Dan, do you think – this tournament is more important for Chaska than it is in Eden Prairie, Eden Prairie, Minnetonka, with that late conference schedule and the way they play, they almost are automatically seeded 1-2 unless somebody beats them, right? Well, Eden Prairie's got a, the toughest
3: toughest schedule in the state. I mean, next week, before we even get to the Prior Lake tournament, they go to Edina where they play Elk River, Grand Rapids, and then Edina. Then in between, they get Prior Lake, Blaine, and then they go to the Prior Lake tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, Eden Prairie is going to have some blemishes on their record, but they're still, I
1: mean, yeah. they're as good as anybody.
2: Not going to be under 500 like they were last year? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> they're back.
1: Yeah, and for me, for Chaska, that that week, and that starts with Minnetonka at home on the 22nd, that week is going to tell you everything you'll need to know about Chaska. Um, they've been a little up and down here to begin the year, only four and three. Uh, they A couple nice wins early on, but they've really struggled uh, putting the puck in the net uh, of late. They did score seven last night, but um, I think you're going to learn a lot about that team and where they belong in the seeds, whether it's three, four, five um, after that week. So, uh, you know, we always talk about sections among this group and the seedings. December here is going to play a, a pivotal role, so it, it'll be an entertaining uh, break uh, to get out and watch games. And so... Uh, We're going to move on now to talk a little bit about Honor Beat. um, Kind of some storylines that maybe pop up each week, some big topic stuff that uh, we just want to kind of hash out a little bit and kind of feel uh, what we all think. And so, you know, we we talk uh, a little bit about uh, McKenna Hoschild. You know, it could be a couple weeks old, but anytime you break a, a single game scoring record, uh, girls basketball 63 points Tom talk a little bit about her and watching her you've been watching her for 3-4 years here
2: since the 8th grade she only had 20 last night against uh, Rosemont she just been bored she I didn't think this was possible I was talking to Athlete probably like AD Russ Reitz I didn't think this was possible but I think she looks even quicker than she has in the past I remember her she's Section championship game against Shakopee when Shakopee had Taylor Kane and I think McKenna was a ninth grader and she almost won that game by herself as a ninth grader. Shea Barton was on that team for Prior Lake she was outstanding. But yeah. I remember watching her getting her little scoop shot in the lane, hitting threes, and Prior Lake ended up losing that game in overtime to Shakopee. And then the last couple of years, you know when she. When, she can take over a game at any time she wants to. She can get a lane anytime she wants to. She can hit that three anytime she wants to. The big thing for prior for, for Prior Lake is will she get help on the inside? Will they get will they get enough scoring from other people to take the pressure off her? Yeah. You know, I saw her just play the other day at New Prague and she had twelve in the first half. Prior Lake was down probably two points. I think they're down two points at halftime and she just I mean, dominated the second half in the lane anytime she wanted to got scoop shots got easy buckets for her teammates when so prior lake's interesting because you know we always talk about girls basketball and if girls basketball you don't have a point guard you can't win well they have a point guard and they may be the best point guard in the state but well they have enough they don't want to win the section they want to win the state title sure so i think they're obviously the favorite in that section i know Eden Prairie's better and good. Minnetonka's probably still pretty good. Chaska's ranked. Yep. Hofschild's can take them a long way, but can she take them all the way? Is well, she gonna need, she need, she's going to need some help. Yeah,
1: well, the interesting note from that game was they lost that game <laughs> despite 63 points, and yeah. so the... Park Center's pretty good. Park Center is very good.
3: But They're, they did lose to Park Center, and Eden Prairie beat Park Center by 10. So, I mean, So yeah.
1: the, you look at those two and you go... Is having one big individual scorer better than having what Eden Prairie has, where you know most nights they have four girls in double figures, is there, in your guys' opinion, is there, is there a better way of doing this? I mean, we saw last year, if it's the Minneton- guard, yes. Minnetonka was balanced and they got scoring from everywhere. How shall I put herself on I put the game on her back and, and rally them back from 25 points in the section final, you know, so... It can be done both ways, but in your guys' opinion, I mean Tom thinks since she's a point guard, uh, that that's important. Anybody else have anything that kind of on that that topic? I think you would always prefer some sort of balance.
3: I mean you know, what if Hoffs Childs gets hurt?
2: You know. If All they are, well then they're in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've got some nice guards and Kate and Tractual, and uh think of the other girl's name again the big girl Emily Colstead Kul- the middle is okay but okay. Eastview won last year this, they've 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 they win because they have point guard play yeah. and Hopkins has win because they have point guard play it's girls basketball if you don't have a point guard you're you're not gonna be a 500 team I mean I just don't see it it's so like, it. like
3: pitching and softball <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: pitching and softball prior Lake probably f- they had pitching last year in softball it didn't work <laughs> out too firm too well in the sections
1: well, we uh, we also want to mention uh, a couple big wrestling tournaments that are on, at least the south side of yeah. the rivers, uh, uh, mines. Uh, we got the Rumble on the Red, and we also have the Clash Christmas tournament. It uh, will already be done, but we have we have the number one ranked team in our area in Shakopee and, and Scott West, uh, the co-op between Jordan and Bell Plain, uh, right there too in Double A. So. Uh, Todd, why don't you talk a little bit about the, the Shakopee team? Holy moly.
0: Yeah, it's a big uh, big month for the Shakopee wrestling team. They're awfully busy in the best tournaments. Like you said, the Christmas tournament was this past week, which will attract all the best teams. And the following weekend, December 28th and 29th, they go up to Fargo for the Rumble on the Red. It's an individual tournament, so you don't really get to see... Uh, the team aspect with uh, Shakopee's individuals should do well. With other top teams up there, will be like Scott West, who is fifth in Class 2A, then Apple Valley. Pyre Lake will be up there. They'll make some noise. And then number two, Simley from 2A, will also be up there. So that should be a big wrestling meet for those uh, individuals to go up against each other. And then the following weekend, December, January 4th and 5th in Rochester, the Clash, they call it the National Dual Tournament, where they bring in teams from all over the country to compete. And there you got Shakopee, Apple Valley, Anoka, St. Michael, Owatonna, all ranked from Minnesota. You get the number two team from Wisconsin, the number one team from Illinois, number two team and three team from Iowa, and then all teams from all over California, Nebraska, Alabama, Oregon will all be in Rochester for that dual meet tournament. Um, People around here think that Shakopee has a good chance of uh, Actually, winning that clash tournament, which uh, kind of surprised me, but uh, the clash, the clash, yep. Um, so, that'll be tough. Yeah, it'll be tough for them to do it. But uh, some people think they have a chance to do it. To uh, be the first Minnesota team to win the clash it since. Uh, well, they're
2: obviously the favorite in the state. There's yeah. No team, I do I mean, Apple Valley. You never know what they're brought in.
0: Yeah, Shakri is the favorite in Class Three A in wrestling. Yeah. Apple Valley will probably. Give them a run for their money, but I don't. Apple LA just doesn't have the horses this year. No,
2: Tana, you got know, watch out for them. Yeah, but they always have good. St. Michael, they're going to be good. Prior Lakes a little down this year. They've lost a lot over the last couple years, but Joe Block will have them back.
1: What, what I mean, Shakopee always had a nice team. They've had a lot of place winners, some state champions yep. over the years. What do you think, Coach Jackson, has brought to this program <laughs> that kind of, it would seem, taking them we well, but. On the mat, what do you think they've brought well, to Jack- Jackson
0: Well, he readily admits that he stepped into a very good situation yeah. here. They came in as probably one of the top teams in the state, and then his first year they go off and win, uh, have five state individual state champions. And then last year they did the unthinkable and knocked off Alpha Valley, and, uh, and right now they're clearly the team to beat in Class 3A, they're just deep everywhere. They've got uh, seven or eight kids ranked, and most of them are either ranked one, two, or three. So, um, How long will Jackson be there? <laughs> as long as he wants would be my guess, but uh, he is, I guess he told me the other day, he was 61, and the cold weather is starting to bother him. So oh, for him, I don't know.
2: He wins two or three as he leaves?
0: I don't know. He likes to win, so I imagine he'll... Uh,
2: I heard from a good source that... Uh, Prior Lake Youth Wrestling has got 10 Shakopee wrestlers in their program right now.
1: Dun, dim, dim, dim. <laughs> so. There's a reason. Well, there we go. Well, as you guys talk about all Nobody the time. Nobody wants to a reason? Well, okay, tell
2: us the reason. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the reason's pretty obvious. Because these wrestlers... There's, there's they opportunity. Well, there's opportunity, but they don't want to wrestle all the way up. And then be have their taken spot taken by some kid from maybe not Shakopee as they get older. So Prior Lake has got some influx of pra- Shakopee wrestlers in their youth program because Block is, over the years, is, he doesn't go outside the box and yeah. look in other areas for wrestlers. So I mean, that's what I heard. But. Sure.
1: What well, kind of segway? kind of a subtopic that I, I brought up uh, earlier was was talking about uh, 14 weight classes and. Well, Shakopee and it seems Prior Lake, uh, especially down in the future, are, are going to be set. Uh, you know, some, some programs struggle to, to maintain all the weights. Uh, Chaska and had a 15-team tournament the other day, and there was no more than 10 wrestlers in any bracket. Some uh, some brackets had under 8, and these were all metro area schools First outside of Sauk Rapids and Thrice, um, Minnetonka School 3000. Had a couple open weights. So, uh, do you guys see? What do you guys see as the biggest issue, especially with these metro schools, in terms of filling these weights?
2: Well, it went to 14 weights in 2003, yep. and it was two. It was two weights or 13 weights. I think it switched into 87. Okay. So, we're talking one more, two more weights since 1987, one more of the last since
1: 2003. So, we've definitely had enough time to adjust.
2: <laughs> adjust. I mean, I don't know why metro schools can't fill it. I, I understand why out of state teams have trouble filling yeah. the, the lower weights and the upper weights because of, you know, there's seventh and eighth graders, and ninth graders are a lot of times at these 106, 112, 113, you know, and then, you know, how many big guys do you have in a smaller community? But I don't understand why the Metro teams have trouble filling all 15 weights. I mean, maybe Burnsville. Burnsville's had a problem because their wrestling program's been stripped away from at the middle school level back maybe six or seven years ago. They got it back, and I think it might be on the chopping block potentially again. So I can understand why they have trouble filling weights, not to mention they've had four coaches in between Bill Homes. 17 year initial run and then he came back and now he's been there the next two years so they've had a lot of tr- trouble at the top So uh,
1: I don't yeah, want, I, 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 I mean I you look at the winter and there's basketball, there's hockey, there's Nordic ski, there's Alpine ski, there's swimming and I think that's some of it is the metro schools there's so many sports going on that you're fighting for some of the same kids but I, I think the biggest issue is youth programs if you're not establishing Something for these kids at K through five, or not putting the time and effort in down there to build your brand or whatever, you're not you're not getting that feeder program. And I know, you know, talking to the coaches at chaska Chanison this weekend, um, that's something that they've really re- put a lot of emphasis in the last couple of years, and they do have a strong sixth, seventh, and eighth grade group. So they'll they'll be splitting in the next couple of years. Janison um, last year had something like 15 kids. <laughs> and that was like seven through twelve, so uh, not enough to have a varsity team. But I think I think that's that's where it's got to start with these metro programs. They got to realize that you got to start young, like the hockey teams do, like the basketball teams. There has to where be where are these wrestlers going? These where opportunities. Are yeah. well, it's like, still baseball. Yeah. It's hockey, still specialization,
3: though. Yeah. I mean, for most people, wrestling isn't their number one sport. In Eden Prairie, a lot of football players that would be good wrestlers are in the weight room preparing for football already. And, you know, that's, it's tough to get those kids out for I a second. doesn't have a
2: lot of wrestlers playing football? Part Lake seems to have a good few, actually. I think Block really mm. encourages those kids to play football.
3: I think there's more wrestlers playing football than football players wrestling. Probably. Mm.
2: Yeah,
0: it's, well, it's early on, and the biggest reason about all these forfeits are probably Kids don't cut weight as much as they Correct. used to yeah. twenty five years ago. You know, they might, kid might come in the weight into the wrestling room for, in the beginning of the season and weigh one fifty, but he wants to wrestle at one thirty eight yeah. at the end of the season. Coaches don't gonna really let him cut twenty pounds in the first couple weeks, so they're instead of doing that, they just forfeit the, yeah. the weights. And so, hopefully, if it's at the end of the season, if you see a lot more forfeits, and then, then there's a problem for that team or their program. But early on, it's usually about cutting weight. And they don't want the kids to cut too much weight too fast.
1: And I know that. At tournaments, if you've got a choice between JV and varsity, you've got a kid that's going to go 0 adversity. 2 at varsity. They yeah. might wrestle six matches in JV. You're going to put him in that JV tournament. So then you leave openings. So there is, there is some other factors. But being in Section 6, Dan and I, we, we saw last year where uh, there was matches where there's three, four matches out of 14 weights wrestled in the early rounds and you're sitting there going oh we have we have an issue when some of these programs are coming to come to sections with six kids but uh, the last topic we want to talk about kind of goes beyond high school uh, goes kind of into the college realm uh, where we get into bowl season and now you're starting to see the trend where uh, some kids are electing to not play in the bowl game not risk injury Getting, preparing themselves for the NFL. Um, news broke last week that Blake Cashman, uh, senior for the Gophers from uh, Eden Prairie, uh, is one of the players that will not be playing in the bowl game. He's just preparing for the NFL draft, he said. So is this a good thing for college football? I mean, obviously no, but is this going to develop change? Uh, is it going to become a bigger thing where... You're going to get a BCS team lose its quarterback for the you know for the championship game or something. Are You talking about BCS
2: is in the top four or the just playoffs. just the,
1: the the playoffs or is it going to be to that point where we're going to lose? Gets to the
2: playoffs, it's it's, 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 uh, it's it might be a problem, but if somebody from Georgia who's out just outside the BSS BCS wants to go and I, I just to me, I think the coaches don't care. I think they'd rather almost rather have it. Because those games are meaningless in the grand scheme of things outside the top four, so that just means the coach gets to plug in somebody that's a potential starter in that position next year and let that other kid go. I don't. I don't think the coach, the Gophers coach, cares that Cashman is gone. He's going to put in a guy that he potentially thinks is going to start in a meaningless bowl game in Detroit. Yeah, maybe not be meaningless for Gopher fans because they celebrate any win they can get. <laughs>
3: Well, Cashman, I mean, he's this is his dream to play in the NFL and he should get drafted, but he's also had three different sh- shoulder surgeries. So, if if your big goal is to you know, perform at the combine or, or be ready and, and impress some of these NFL coaches, you have to be healthy going in there.
2: Yeah, NCA makes millions off these kids, and these kids have a chance to make some big dollars in the NFL. I have no problem with them leaving for a bowl game. A, a bowl game that, what, is going to make the difference of whether you're number eight in the final
1: poll or number 14? Yeah. Wait, do we all agree on something? <laughs> I know you this, didn't agree. This I, is I, know you didn't agree. Not, I know you didn't agree. No, I'm just the, the person who likes to throw a lot of comments uh, on Twitter. So... To, to create. You throw uh,
2: comments on on Twitter. No, never,
1: never. <laughs> <laughs> Just to uh, to get people riled up. But uh, that's not going to happen a lot on this podcast where we're going to agree on. Uh, now, if the
2: Oklahoma quarterback decided, yeah. you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip because I'm gonna preserve, you know, then 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 there would be a problem because he's playing for a national championship for his school as a.
1: But would there be a problem? Would you hmm. have a problem? Would you have a problem with that kid for, uh, but not like Cashman?
2: I mean, the NCA makes so much money off these kids, you know, especially in basketball. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they get the free education. it's yeah. my answer for quotes. Yeah. So. <laughs> free education, but, you know, they're there to play. They're there to, to, to live out their professional dreams, most of them. Yeah. yeah, some aren't. Some want to play four years of college football because they probably know they're not going to make the NFL or the NBA. I don't know. I mean, I think the NCA needs to be overhauled. They got to start taking a look
1: at. The times are changing, and I don't think the NCA changes with the times. I know, I know. we see that with the March Madness. Well, I think that wraps yeah. up the first one. Uh, we'll. Uh, we, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, uh, find any of us. Hey, uh, email
2: Nick and Hoffchild, just please. Uh, Tweet us. Wow, yeah, <laughs> Jim Jackson's welcome to come anytime.
1: we're, we're hoping to have some guests as Joe we get Lock. into this, uh, so we'll we'll have a fun format. Mike uh, Grant, you you're see. welcome to come anytime. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come to you. Do you guys know anybody from my area? Their coaches. Somebody from Chatham, <laughs> welcome <to come> anytime. <laughs>
0: That's our show for today. Our producer is Rachel Minsky. For more information or to read coverage about what was discussed today, go to southwestnewsmedia.com. I'm Todd Ablin with Dan Huss, Eric Krauscher, and Tom Chardon. Thanks for listening.